0: Hello, Mazatah, I later see Mar Hashem, And uh, we're getting along here in Moed. In, uh, and uh, we point out a number of times in the course of the Mesaftah that on the simple level, Tanis has nothing to do with Moed, because it seems to be focused on the union of Tvila, uh, Tvila, rain, responsiveness to events which is not really a moed very much and as a matter of fact the Gemara opens with that question it's where, where are we talking about this mi'emata is it a reference back to the Gemara and or is it a reference to what we just finished in Rosh Hashanah the reason that we didn't want to say it's coming from Barakas because it doesn't make sense that we would put Tanit and a different Seder than the Sugya that would open the Sugya of Tanit it was a remarkable thing, at the time I mentioned to you, I think it's something that we ought to concentrate on, think about because clearly it's talking about a different concept of Moed if you think about it, in the Possach that we use as the remnant to the structure of the Sidorim, the word for Moed is Itecha V'haya Emunat Itecha Koshim Yeshua, so is Seder and Itecha is a Seder Moed, but Itecha is fundamentally linked to the rain. That's what exactly does Eight eight mean? But certainly the idea of Eight is very different from what we generally think of as Moed. It's remarkable. Moed is very much determined, right? That's the time of the Moed. So it's true that we have levels of this. As we begin, with the Mesechet of Shabbat, which is predetermined for my sebratius. It's very very much out of our hands, something that is part of the nature of reality. But that's the ultimate all of the all of the Moadim in the Torah begin with Sheshit Yamim and then move on to the Mo'adim. on a simple level, because Kedushat Shabbat is what animates basically, makes it possible to have a Kidusha Moed. So even during the Mahadim, the holiday element of the Moid is called Shabbatot but, I mean, on a deeper level, it refers to a different level. It's reflected in the, in the bracha, in the Kadesha Shabbat, and only afterwards we have Yisrael Vazmanim, which means that the Zmanim are less, in a sense, moed-oriented in terms of their predefined, but nonetheless, once we define the new moon, so automatically everything sort of falls into place. The only difference is on Shavuot, where it doesn't really fall into place with the moon, and, uh, dependent on uh, an event, an agricultural event. And indeed, there are Shilas that, uh, as to the relationship of a woman to that. Is, it, is, it that, is that a bit of a Zman Or is it, is it an event that's Gorma? If it's not omer, then it's not a function of Zman. Here we get closer to the next level, which is this aspect of Ta'aniyot, which relates to the Itim of the Gishami which means that there's a completely different aspect of Moed, one that we wouldn't have considered, which is response to things that, in fact, come and go with the times that aren't linked to a very specific time. But note how important it is to the Gemara to actually define the date of Raviyah Rishonah, Raviyah this does sounds very strange, but is that supposed to be a date for the Raviyah? A relationship to a particular time which if this time doesn't have the rain then we're going to have a ta'anit and so on. It's a very different way of looking at things rather than looking at okay, what are we missing? Is this what we need? If it's what we need then let's respond to it. And in fact, the Mesech as a whole is so completely involved in the Gishomim, the Dinim of the Moat of the Ta'aniot is so linked to the Gishomim that you've got 30 pages about I and you've got four lines about other tzorot basically. Oh, yes. And if there's a war, and if there's a devil, and if there's locusts, oh, yes. (laughs) But those things, indeed, are less eight-oriented than the other things. This is fundamentally a description of the nature of our responsiveness to times, but times in a different way than the times that are defined by sun and moon. This is a linkage... The times that are defined by the nature of the earth, its climate, its weather, and so on. Which is why, I mean, that answers really how it's possible that we would talk about the Gishamim in terms of the months that are lunar months. It doesn't make any sense. The Gemara gives all these dates in Kislev and in, in Tevet and Shvat, all that has to do with rain. Call a Rov Gishmashan. Rov Gishmashan is unrelated to Shvat, it's related to, to the Tkutva, basically. The only place where we talk about the tkufa literally is when it comes to v'ten talamatar, which is the dinner and the And even there, it's not the real tkufa, it's our tkufa. The real tkufa would have been ten days earlier. We would have been, we would have been starting uh, way before the, the, the beginning of December, if you're talking about shishinyon lahar tkufa. So there's something that is <coughs> uniquely eight-oriented, and it's amazing that we should call the nature of the Seder the Etim. you take a look in Kohelet, he's got a list of 30 to 18. You know, there's eight Oledet, eight lamud. It's all Etim, and they're all about things, not about, agri- not about astronomical events, but about the way in which people relate to the world. It's almost a personal sense of time, a time to be born, a time to die, a time for war, a time for peace, a time for hugs, a time for running from hugs, a time for throwing stones, a time and so on and so forth. These are things that are not related to sun and moon. They're related to what it is to live. They're related to the human condition. If you take a look in the nature of tefillah it's where's the whole Indian come? Of the human, the human element. The human element is introduced in <laughs> by Seberatius in terms of rain. Right, the only thing that matters in all of Maasebereshes, in which the pasuk says, "Look, the world will not work without an intelligent chip." Now what's the intelligent ship? Adam Lava Therefore, cold, There's no There's no rain. Why is there no rain? Because there's no there's no intelligence. Rain and intelligence. So the posik is made, the eid yaleh. So, okay, the earth is steaming. I mean, that's, that's not the issue. So the question of the natural process, there's, there's moisture in the air, is the exact opposite of the ultimate nature of the tefillah that is defined in our messeh of all places. It's not, not the, we, we think you would find it in Brochus. But the story of Daniel Barkatina and his garden is a description of mass separation, basically. Because remember that story, in which he would go every day, would go through his garden, he would determine which area requires one millimeter of rain, which one requires no rain, which one requires a one point five millimeters of and So he would go home, would be Powell, and the rain would come down like a drip irrigation to every place where it needed to be. But that is exactly the opposite of the eight. Correct. Because the aid is basically just, it's just everything is the same. It's almost, it's almost a state of entropy. We're talking about there's water molecules that so they spread evenly throughout the atmosphere so you have a high, high humidity on the Earth. And that's, whereas rain is an amazing thing because rain specifically is a violation of entropy in a sense. And it's obviously not really, but it's driven by energy. So it, but the driving energy that creates the patterns of weather that we have is very much what you would not expect if everything were balanced and so on. But it isn't balanced. So you've got this rotation, you've got the, these pressures on the atmosphere of having part of a planet exposed and the part, <coughs> part not exposed. So you get all of these currents and these movements and so on, which the Gemara discusses. The union of the Ruches, the relationship of evaporation to the sun, to the clouds, and so on. We go through all of this in the Gemara. Why is that so important? Because the difference between a rain... You'll, you'll notice that the concept of anan is to us the idea of covet. where something has gravitas. It's the anan covet. Why? Because its significance. It it violates the, the the homogeneous way in which normally we would see things. Everything be, basically being the same. An onan is not the same. It's who shows his presence. It's astonishingly. Through that violation of entropy, basically, here is an onon in which somehow or other we have. It would be like having a tire without sides. If you think about it, we would look at that as being crazy. What do you mean? How are you riding on a tire? There's nothing to hold in the air. But that's basically what a, what a cloud is. <coughs> Right? The same way that you understand that molecules of air are, gonna, are obviously going to diffuse in the atmosphere as a whole. Why yeah. is this cloud here? Why here why, exactly. <laughs> why what, what's holding why the cloud together, together, right? So that, that idea is exactly what the nature of tefillah, how it discriminates between the homogeneous, the generic, and the investative. And that is the nature of Gishami, which is why it's eight, eight oriental, the way we relate to things. Not the story of the way that it is. But rather, when we need it. Be'ito can even mean at night, when it doesn't bother anybody. It can mean uh, le'le Shabbatot, yeah. le'le Reviot, and so on and so forth. These are a completely different way of looking at rain. That's all the strange stories in Kamara about, well, if it we're up to me, I'd cancel it. You know, <laughs> Those type of things. But th- that leads also into something that is, is very, very strongly expressed in the Masechta, which is the stories, are like really funny stories, right? Strange stories, Rebbe and so on, which we don't usually find in the Gemara. But you'll notice that these stories themselves begin and are related to people that have a particular relationship to the to water, to being able to bring water, and all of those people are. Have things that are in common, which I'll discuss in a moment, rainmakers. but the rainmakers, but what's part of these stories is the strange sense of being at home on the earth. In other words, the idea that it doesn't really matter if it's vinegar or oil, does it? I mean it's just you know it's basically just your perceptions. Everything has energy. I mean this happens to be one way of creating reality. Reality could have just as well had other levels of uh, of fundamental values that would have allowed vinegar to be burned, so why not burn vinegar? I mean, you know, does not fit? Let it fit. <coughs> it fit? <laughs> and so on, all of these things. She's not beautiful? Let her be beautiful. No, she's too beautiful? Let her be ugly. This this, this, whole, this whole idea, which is, we're torn between it, because on the one hand, the Gemara is very upset on other occasions. What? You're my you She dropped dead, you know? Or, uh, you move your bed and the knives come at night. Or, uh, or uh, I gave up on doing that kind of thing. I thought it was wrong. Or, don't buy any of that weed It's nice and easy if you want to stay, stay far away from that. So we have two very different ways of facing things in the sector. Mis- One of them is the sense of being at home in the world in which you expect that things are completely perspective-oriented. Not, there's not an external reality that defines things. There's the way in which you relate to them, that defines it, and only that defines it. And there's another approach, which is the exact opposite. The world has its needs, has its sidorim, and any interference means you're not part of the world. So you turn to your own son, you turn to your own daughter, and you say, drop that. You are not obviously don't belong in this world. And it, it's almost as if you're completely impersonal, which is an entirely different way of relating to them. You can never imagine what Hamidah Ben-Daisa saying such a thing. It's Reb Yosem Ben-Dumarski that's going to say such a thing. And therefore, I don't want to learn by him. That's not the approach that I want to have. But it's certainly a, a fundamentally different way which the Gemara goes through constantly. What is correct in terms of how we feel about reality? And it's clear that the feel of the Geshamim, the Nilpakatina and so on, is fundamentally a matter of perception. But it's perception that comes from a relationship to a world that is sensitive, the way Rashi puts it. means that there's no one that you have to not only be aware of how good it is, the relationship that's involved in Geshem, as opposed to just having moisture, which is the Bovel idea. They don't really have real tiny eggs. Because they got a high water table. What do they know about rain? Basically, that's what we're saying. Therefore, there's no time to see from above. But <laughs> so you have that approach, then, then, as Rashi is saying, you furthermore, you need to know precisely what the needs are. And the more you know those needs, the more evolved you are, the more aware of the complexity you are, the more your awareness becomes part of the way in which things function, which is amazing, because you would think just the opposite. Right? You would think that the simpler a person is, the more he's able to be mistamech on his vision of reality because he really believes in it. And so you have a primitive culture. It's people basically make up things ad hoc and they live that ad hoc world. Over here, the nature of tefillah is exactly the opposite. The more aware you are of the details, the less it matters that external reality should define itself and the more your awareness becomes... Fundamental in the way that reality responds in terms of tefillah. It certainly seems to violate the way we we usually look at things, right? Now, if you consider the two elements that we have so fundamental in the end of the Masafta, there's basically two issues with which the Masafta begins and the Baisakha ends, and those two issues are teira and geshem. And he keeps making comparisons between the nature of Terah, Geshem bigger than Terah, and smaller than Terah, Tomilech HaChomim are like the rain, Yarov Kematar Likhti, the whole Brit of Hazim HaShamayim. There's like a the whole relationship. Yeah, it's, it's a question of Kirivivim. So the Gemara says, if he isn't HaChomim, the Terah is like rain to the world. Thousands and thousands of Midrashim. The end of the Mesechta revolves around two moments. Those two moments, basically, were the moments that violated two things. One moment violates the nature of our sense of what Taira is, and the other one violates our connection to the earth, and therefore to the Geshach. One of them is Shiva which causes the Shvera and the other one is the Maisa the rejection of the Adona, which causes Tisha Surprisingly, even though initially they were completely unrelated in terms of history, there was no relationship between the Shriya and the Meis and at all, they became a period, which we call now the Beno Mitzarin, which evolved gradually and it became a historical event. It's not really part of the way either of those days initially was defined. Surprisingly, they became related. That's exactly the relationship. That's in the beginning of the Mesech, but not only did they become related at the beginning, they became related at the end. Because Tuba'av is the day in which the B'av ends. Yom Kippurim is the day in which Shiva Sarbatamuz ends with the loss of the Torah and the replacement of the Lucha Both of them are surprisingly celebrated in precisely the same way. Lohoyi Yom in greater than these days. And so we interrelate at the end of the Mesech the two issues which open up the Mesefta, and which are the two issues, basically, that Rashi is describing in the primal description of the nature of Adam's involvement in the rain. One of them is here, the level of awareness, the knowledge of what things are. And that's your connection, basically, to Torah. To be able to define well and to understand how things fit in. And the other one, is the nature of your connection to the earth and how aware you are of what it's feeling. And not everybody can be Daniel Barcatina and go out and feel that this particular lettuce requires a millimeter of water. That, that is something that is a... There are farmers who can do that. Remember, it talks about Achori that used to, used to taste the earth and they would know what minerals were missing and what you needed to... And there are people that do that. Even today, there are people that do that, but I mean, it's a, it's a whole life. It's, it's 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 being raised that way. It's that it's sensitivity that is beyond what we expect from a normal human being. But this is what we're talking about. We're talking about sniffing. It's <laughs> and so on and so forth. This is an amazing thing. The rejection of Eretz Yisrael was a rejection of that connection, basically. Not interested in the Andama. Keep me in the Midbar. I don't, don't want to plant things. I don't want to invest things. I don't want to, I'm just, you know, take care of me and we'll live off of the man and everything will be fine. No, that's the whole point. That's the, the, the most destructive thing you can do. It violates the nature of what the whole concept of tefillah is. So that means that tefillah ultimately is more connected to eight than to the idea of Stam Emunah, which we thought in Broca's. However, the Mesechet introduces a whole new idea, which until now we thought had something to do with the level of Kedusha. You know, you can't say Kaddish if you don't have a minion. To us, the nature of Tzibor in having learned Mesechet Brachot, a meant ten people. If you have ten people, then basically you can... You can say you're Divrei Kedusha, and that's what it was all about. So you should always be mitpalel, Palel, and so on. All of a sudden, in this Mesef, we find out that a tzibur can be called yechidim, and that yechidim can be called a tzibur. Completely different terminology for a ta'anit tzibur versus a ta'anit yachid, which has nothing to do with the number of people that are involved with it, but it's a conceptual difference. But this goes to the very roots of the idea of the Aveda because you'll notice the three things that we've had here. Basically, Yuma, Rosh Hashanah, and Ta'amid, all have the same mitzvah. We spoke about this at the beginning of the Sechit, the blowing of the shofar, which is the relationship, to, or the Chatzot Zod, which is the relationship that we had to the beginning, back to, to Rosh Hashanah. We spoke about the on the days. That's weird, because the nature of the Chatzot Zod, <laughs> over here, is for gathering together. The ta'anit is called, in the Gemara, kenuthia, which is gathering together. The dinim of the Ta'nit are defined by when does everybody gather together. So the idea of a tzibur, and the involvement of the tzibur, the fact that there's no such thing in bodhel bechlal is an earth-shattering uh, epiphany. It's a whole different way of looking what it is, how it is that we function as, as humankind as a whole, or Yisrael as a whole, as opposed to what each individual does. That's a very different way of looking at reality. Those two different ways are reflected in the words of the dancing girls, basically. What is your life all about? It's reflected in the ways in which different people in the Gemara related to the world in completely different ways some relating as if they are at seaboard and some relating in the most personal, possible way. And this comes to a head in one particular story, of one particular person. And that's the person, I would say, is the two people that are central to the Mosef. One is Choni HaMahagel, and one is Rabbi Mendoza. The two of them, not coincidentally, share the name. With both of them, their name is built around the word Chein, right? which is true of every single case where you find someone who is empowered <laughs> to do the kind of things that they do. Or so, and so on. That idea is the idea of in which a person is able to get away with murder, but only because they relate in ways that subvert the general justice of the situation. You're mitchatei lifnei so someone who has chain is able to get away with that. And that's, that's exactly what, what Sanhedrin was pointing out to him. A normal person can't do what you're doing. It's ridiculous. It's, it's out of bounds. It shouldn't be allowed. But what are we supposed to do with somebody that? There's nothing we can do. God himself can't do anything. He asks for another drink. He gives you another drink. And there's no stopping you. Take a look at how much that relates to it. So you have the same thing. Rib Yochanan had this power. Nechunia, Chofre, Shichinu They're all, all the same names. Noach was the original one. Motzachin, obviously, his word, the word Noach is the same as the Nechunia. He was the one who was able to live through the flood. Again, because the Noach, Motzachin, obviously, the play on words is clear. And the whole power of these events comes from an ability to be part of a world without it's an amazing contradiction, but the, the element of it that is clear is basically Yosef Hatzadeh, is Ben Porat Yosef, who is given the power over the rain. So he becomes now, the Birch Shamayim Imau, Birch HaStohom Ravetz correct? What is the connection between the Birch HaShamayim Imau, the Birch HaStohom Ravetz First of all, he's the power of fertility itself. Because Birch Shadayim V'Racham, when we speak about here is the Revia Raviya Rishona. the water fertilizes the earth we talk about, right? That's pure Yosef he became the fertility symbol of Mitzrayim and he's given now Raviyah Shadayim V'Racham shadayim, like shadayim doesn't refer to women's breasts it refers to Shichvazera, which is Shadi, which is shot. so that it be, you have both the Racham and the Shadayim in Yosef but what is his symbol? What's the balak that's made between the Tahom ravetas Tachas and the Imal? Egel. The Egel. <coughs> right? That's what he says. I saw Ridya, this and he is an eagle basically, with parted lips, that stands between the Imal and the Tahom Revetas Tachas. And this is the Tahom, the Tahom, the, tahom", the Kot Sinorecha. This was all that entire sugya has to do with the bringing of Geshomim because of your ability to interrelate to completely different worlds. Take a look at how similar that is to the concept of the Tevila that we're talking about in terms of nice operations <coughs> The Egel, not surprisingly, relates <laughs> to Choni Is that right? Anything that ha- <laughs> has to do with water, your Basically, aguuga, you make something round. Hey, You stand inside of the circle, which is basically what we call the source of water. Is always used the same, the same, the same idea. Gal noul, mayan khatun The gal gan mayan ein these are all interrelated concepts. The ability to see, the pooling. That's why the the eye is seen as the pooling of water, which we relate to it as. And this has to do with those people, those individuals who are capable, utilizing that power, surprisingly, of ego to be able to use use it to bring water, which is the way in which it was initially there. You'll notice at the end of the Sechta of the Mecholos of the girls and the Mecholos in Gan Eden relate to the same idea of circling. That's what a machol is. A machol is a circle, except it's a unique circle because it's more like an orbit. It revolves around something. And so the macholos the over here are to create a space in which it's possible to see Hakkad and Boruch, and so on. Obviously, if that's done on Yom the Slicha, there's got to be a relationship between, between the machol, the Osidlova, and, and the concept of Yom and being the day. And the Sukhmar Of course, Yom Echiporim, understand that. That's yeah. That's a day of I mean, why shouldn't it be It clearly makes sense. Something, something strange is going on. Do we agree? And the story of Choni I mean, both of them were tremendously at home. Choni this, that, this, but just make the world what it, what it is you want it to be. Your perceptions now define a reality in which you live. The one thing that drove them crazy was the relationship of personal reality to external reality. And that was the business of their dreams. That's what he said. I don't understand how you take a life, 70 years, and you turn it into a dream. It's just, it's vicious. <laughs> what, what does it mean? It can't be. And, of course, that's exactly the way a would feel, right? Because the closer a person is to the nature of pain, to the appreciation of their own life, of the just the experience of living, instead of the plans and so on, which is very much, this is Yosef, this is all of them. This is the idea, not to try to get something out of it for yourself, but just to live it. And the closer you are to that, the more disturbing it would be that such a thing would be viewed as just, you know, something out there that could be reduced to a dream. And the beautiful story of his his dream, of course. Again, the whole thing is so perceptual and so... So, so, so much part of the way in which the person experiences a reality so you have to ask yourself did these things really happen? that's what I you know, you read. The, Does it really happen? what do you mean? like know, who is he? he's bigger than Moshe I mean, you know, yeah let it be let this be let that be you know, the whole world should go back to we'll start over again it's an entirely different way of seeing the person in context of reality completely different way like you live in a, in, a, in a universe that is enclosed, exactly as what happened to him. Falls asleep, sees himself alive 70 years later, long after he should have died. Sees his children dead, his Talmud dead, the world a different world. Finds that he has nothing in the world except the fact that everybody knows that when Connie was around, everything was wonderful. That they know. <laughs> and, and whatever investments he made and the things that he had are now changed beyond recognition. But they're so much bigger than they were when he had them, And he suddenly realizes this no, doesn't have to be a contradiction. make right? making something a dream. Something is a dream that becomes more real, not less real. So the, the interrelationship between how one's personal life, the sensations of life, and what it is that he achieved in his life, to what it is that reality is really all about, is very much the story of Gishonim. And take a look how much it's brought on the story of Rav and Mendoza. So here you have a whole tefillah of the Kohen Gadol about the Halki Drakhi, Malvary says, you know, Hanina is not happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> so what good is the Kohen Gadol's tefillah for Khanina? But this relationship, what do I need? And what does the world as a whole need? is really, that's that's part of that story. So that these individuals who give themselves over wholeheartedly to the nature of Adama, of living, of the, the power of living, see their sensitivity at the same time to the thing that brings Gishamim in terms of Chalisha's Adas. Achlish Daite, how many times did we have it throughout the Masachite? Cholash Dayte V'yosa Choni Amagel dies because Cholash died. He says, Oh, Chavrusa, O Mezuse. I have to have something that connects me to the world. Do you think that would happen to Yossi? In case, You have Chalish Tzadaz? Chalish Tzadaz itself is something that affects, if you take a look at the Gemara, again, trace the people of Chalish Tzadaz, they're all related to this group because they're people that are Deeply, deeply involved in connection. That's what Das is. You're machlish to Das and no reason to live. So the problem in Ghanadam is exactly the same thing. You start off with an Adam, who's supposed to be the one that brings Gishami, and he ends up getting involved in his own life. So what's the Kashborhu tell him, Okay, you'll go back to the earth and <coughs> you'll realize that you're part of the earth. So then you'll know dust to dust, you'll be part of part of the earth. Then you'll already be a functional Adam. Okay? how does the number there end? Atova becomes the bracha that is said on Kvurah. But on what Kvurah? Where were they koveya the bracha? They were koveya on wine. And Tosh here, why were they koveya on wine? Now you'll notice where were these girls dancing? In the vineyard. In the vineyard. They're koveya at Badavka on wine. So Tosh why says, why were they koveya atov on wine particularly? So he brings that from the matter that it says, because the Haruge Beitar were like a vineyard. Right? So each one stood in this place. Well, what is the nature of the vineyard? It does this as he, he says, tiknu tiknu Why does he do this every time? They were like they were like a gadir. They had it walled off, so they were they were protected, basically, and protected the earth. Therefore, their low Nisruchu relates directly. Now, I mean, I, the, the ramosim over here to the eight and to the dangers of wine, and to the interrelationship between Chromin, The way the Gemara put it back in Brochas, that emes, These are fantastic issues. What's is supposed to be liatid so lavo? What does that mean? <laughs> on this. That, 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 every tzaddik points what does that mean every tzaddik points you mean there weren't some that had a better pointing than the others so I think <laughs> you see from here that the giloy of is that basically <laughs> at that point you can see how the individual lives were part of an overall dance in the context of which every individual approach is seen for everything that it's worth, as part of the total picture. Therefore, there's nobody going to say this one is the right approach, that one's the wrong approach. I say, Each one, as I say, every single tzaddik, despite the fact that totally different worlds, totally different approaches, points to our karaj and that means everybody sees everybody else's point. And lo keno That already is the nature of the ultimate kinufya, the ultimate sense of tzibor. And that's something that, strangely enough, we get Dafka out of Moed. So Moed has two meanings. As Moed also means the time in which you gather everything together. The idea of Moed itself. So the all Moed is a place of gathering. It's the tent of gathering, of meeting. It's the idea of Kinufia, of which a person has to think out their dust. If you think about it, what's the word ta'anit come from? The word for inui, which is pain. Leanot which is Hakanaa, which is sadas, and answering, responsiveness. La anot. So that the the, the elements of tvila, which a person senses he senses his dependency on something, recognizes that he's in danger of losing his das, is capable of responding through that. Is, is all part of what the kenufia is on Gishamim. But there's a beautiful Rashi. Rashi brings Yeshle, he talks about the, um, in, in the Pesach in Kohelis, where it says that the, the terrible thing was that Akarish gave an Indian rod to the world of me'adam Le'anotbo. What's the meaning of Le'anotbo over there? So Rashi says Yeshle potro lashon iyun so, it also means looking into things, of course, this is what exactly what the time is about. The first, whole oh, first half of the day, the Iker time of the Kanufya, is to be Doireesh, the and should look into, be Ma'ayan as Rajaswash. To be Ma'ayan into what it is that the Tsibor needs, what it is that's going wrong, what it, why it is that the world isn't responding, why is it Akaragorok was Master and so on and so forth. So, it turns out that the Iker nature of is actually is a function of kinufya, which means that it's related to tzibur. Which means that mechila, this closes the whole Indian, but opened with Rosh Hashanah, with gzardin, and the difference between a yachin and a tzibur, which we thought was a matter of the kayach at tzibur, the kayach versus the kayach of the yachin. It turns out it's two completely different ways to live. The living of a tzibur incorporates not just the greater power of a minion. It allows you to have it incorporates the idea of the it incorporates the differences it incorporates the breath it incorporates the way in which an individual lives within a broader context which is called the context it means the ultimate responsibility to the earth which is the way Adam was supposed to relate both as a particular human being and as the speaking universe itself and these basically were the ideas that that I mentioned to you this this morning, what an amazing experience it is. Uh, Momish, on a personal level, a person really has to feel this in order to be able to be a scholar. The personal level of the uniqueness of the experience of living, the privilege of being alive is such an astonishing thing. If you take a look at the universe as a whole, it's the most astonishing thing imaginable, so (laughs) different, so surprising, and so brief that it's possible to take simple particles that have absolutely nothing within them that we would think has something to do with what we relate to as life. And that they should have this complex interrelationship that gives us a sense of being a unique being and gives us a me and an ego and an I in a way in which, in which we think that those particles are somehow different than the particles of the rest of the universe. It's an amazing experience. We get caught up in it exactly the way that (laughs) Arishan does. Lose the context to Zibur, which is basically Zobur. It's just piled on, everything piled on, like the ashes of Yitzhak or Zobur there on the Misbet. It's piled on. And we think, you know, as Einstein pointed out, you know, we think that we somehow are like something apart. (laughs) We're different from the things that we're analyzing. And it's so clear that there is no difference and that this is the Adam, Adam Ayin. The universe has not yet formed an awareness and a consciousness that is capable of taking itself in hand. So the nature of Adam is the actual act of the universe's ability to respond. And that ability to respond gives us the English word responsibility. So that responsibility becomes now the moker, the real moker of Twila sense of the interrelation that you have with the universe as a whole, and ultimately integrates the two completely different worlds, which were the world of Terah and the Maiseha Ego, which becomes now related itself to the Adama and Tishabah and korban and laziness and lack of responsibility and tears that are wasted on nothing instead of on the responsiveness for what really matters in life. That, that's the Bechia that is part of the of the Tainis, the Chalisha Sadas all of these things are a part of day-to-day experience so yeah you can live like but it has to be on the getter of recognizing the uniqueness of that moment of reality and only if you don't lose the connection the context of what a broader reality is how your life is essentially a dream in terms of the universe as a whole and that you want to live within that dream that's what that's what your job is but never to lose that connection. If you lose the connection, then the only solution is the Khalish Tatas, which itself can bring but unfortunately can also bring to your end, as it did with with And so the with uh, tzaddikim—something that hopefully by the time uh, the time we reach that moment will finish us enough time to be able to appreciate all of all of the sugyas and uh, to be In fact, the type of that we're really looking for which is the mechila of the universe as a whole, because the privilege of life always carries with it a a certain arrogance, a certain presumptuousness of life. And the mechilei sv'tzadikim l'asadlovo transcends the presumptuousness. It becomes now a moment of sharing in which it's clear that the presumptuousness is part of what's necessary in order for the universe to self-organize in that fashion. And at that point, it becomes completely mohoi. Because if you really are not on the darga of a tzibur of can you can create an artificial reality in which it doesn't matter to you in the least that you destroy everything outside of yourself. It's a gated community, and that's fine. That's how you view the Mechelos <laughs> HaKromi. The getter and the keren. Just put up the gates high enough and you'll keep chaos at a distance. But if Lamaisa, you're part of the Mechelos HaTzadikim, and it becomes clear that everything that was done by Israel throughout all of the day's, even though they seem to be completely off their rockers, were ultimately, in the end, underneath it all, and you see this so strongly, to achieve what is really a tikkun, and what you really care about, and put a Jew in a position in which you strip away all of the other issues, and put him in a matzah of Khalisha sadas and he's ready for Mechil <laughs> HaSatzavikim. Then it becomes now uh, the entire world becomes part of that dance. That's, that becomes the Mechol. And that's the ultimate moed. The simple moed is mecholos in the sense of dead things orbiting. That's mecholos. The Earth orbits the Sun, and the Moon and the Earth orbit each other. It's all orbits. All, all about mechayvay. It's all about dances. Actually, it's interesting that Darwin uses that that, that word. It's about dances. Very interesting. And after, when he closes his book, he points out this nafkmina between life and between the universe. The universe keeps circling around. It? There's never any finish. Nothing really happens. It's not going a star goes nova, a galaxy is born, it's all the same. It's basically a generic universe. You can define everything out there with a few simple forces and a few simple values and everything else follows. There's nothing to it. It's childishly simple. And here you talk about the history of life, the difference between that and the history of the rest of the universe. So while the universe goes blithely dancing around its little dances of planets around stars and galaxies around black holes and whatever, yeah, nothing is happening. But in the middle of all of that is the most astonishing process of self-organization and complexity that puts to shame every last element of boring homogeneity in the universe, constantly developing freshness, newness, and the history of life, which becomes now, in the end, the, the real so that the orbits of the sun and the moon become gradually away from a Shabbos and away from the Rosh Chodesh and away from the Tkufas into the itim of the human life, his birth, and his death, his wars, and his peace, and the, the literally to the hugs in his life. That, that becomes now our experience of what was previously just the nature of the moon. I think it's an <laughs> amazing vision. And, uh, may we deserve indeed to dance through those scrummy. Mm-hmm. 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 Keep your eyes off the girl. <laughs> that's interesting. I think I think it was Rivdesra who points out. But that's that's what the Gemara says. Mm-hmm. notice Nobody else went. <laughs> Imagine a generation in which all the girls were dancing, but nobody showed up unless they needed a wife. <laughs> He points out pichlal, the whole thing. I mean, people are trying to, trying to impress. So you true. go borrow clothes from somebody else? Are you crazy? So not to it's like that. the whole I, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable, the sense of tzibur. The whole idea is it. Mean, that's the most personal thing. I've got to select my clothes. i got to be Spend a half a year preparing my particular way. The way I'm going to be going out. It's like unbelievable. Should <laughs> It should be show And it should be bad. Everybody should be the same. White just look at the person. Don't look at anything. Look at the person. You know? it's all right. just, just stop. <laughs> okay.